This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Seconds. I waited two seconds just to get like a couple extra beats in there for people. The people who missed the, the stovetop era. Bring it back. All right, we'll, uh, yeah, we got to do more stovetop on the show. We'll get to our bets for sure. tonight coming up in 20 minutes. But for now, uh, we'll wrap up P squared, B squared NFL awards. I had a week 17 with comeback player of the year. Or I'd very much like for DeMar Hamlin to not win. Uh, he's still a favorite in the betting market, although narrowing a little bit. Hamlin's still a huge favorite. Hamlin minus 300, despite, you know, never playing. I like how now when he does play, he's like the personal punt protector. And like it sounds like I'm like bagging on him. Like I'm not. Like it really is like amazing that he's playing. Also, like I don't think he should win this award. Hamlin minus 300. Flacco plus 300. Baker plus 700. I think, Ken, you and I have said this on the air. Like why are those, why are they not priced like exactly the same? Tua, 14. Stafford, 14. Lamar is 50. I guess like. Could Tua ever be like, I, I I don't know. What do you think here? Comeback player of the year. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? Man, what are we going to do for content when this award goes away? It's like an hour every single week. Uh, yeah, uh, we actually kind of have a lot to go over in this one, I think, actually. Um, it's been a really, really interesting uh, week and two weeks, really, for this award. Uh, we wondered in the middle of the season... Uh, if you have like a really strong anti-Hamlin position like I have, we kind of wondered like would any of these candidates materialize? I, I said a lot, especially like in the second kind of third of the season, all I wanted was to like create the conversation uh, with puts put up some reputable kind of like strong contenders against Hamlin and let's see how people really feel about this. And the conversation I think would be fascinating. I think that's actually the word that I used and I wasn't sure if we'd get there, but man, if we got there, I felt like the conversation would be really interesting and drive some movement in the betting market and maybe end up with a kind of a, an unexpected winner. And we've accomplished kind of like the first couple steps of that in the last two weeks. So I think the stigma around discussing whether Hamlin should get this award is starting to go away. And what I mean by that is people are feeling freer to have this conversation, which is a big step. Like this was almost like a cancel culture thing in the middle of it. Like you couldn't say that it couldn't be him. And now we're everybody's saying it. Everybody's talking about this award and whether Baker Mayfield should win. Both Baker Mayfield and Joe Flacco both asked about it in the last couple of weeks during their media availability. Like, how does it feel to be a contender for this award? Okay, cool. Like, the stigma's gone. Now we're just having a conversation about who should win. Great. Like, if you bet anti-Hamlin, you needed that to happen so that we could start having the conversation, which would lead us to a non-Hamlin winner without everybody yelling and screaming about something stupid and childish. So, like, we got that part down. 
another really important thing that happened this week, I think, and this will get this will get a little subjective. Uh, I think another thing that happened this week is, and this has to happen too. If you're trying to beat Hamlin, you need this to happen. We need the number of candidates to narrow to as small a number as possible. Think about it like a like a presidential election, right? You have the conventions to nominate your candidates because if you ran four Republicans against a Democrat or vice versa, they'd split the vote. You'd have no chance. And I think people understand how that works in voting for awards too. We're not going to get to one, I don't think, by the time the season's over. But I do think we have seriously pooled around Flacco and Mayfield as the two guys. And I see people... I see people still tweeting like, well, Tua, da, 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 da. again, it's not what we think anymore, guys. Not what I think, not what you think. The Like sort of the people have spoken in terms of like, who's getting asked about it? Who are people on television talking about? What's happening? Like Teddy Bruschi, I know, made a case for Tua on Sunday NFL Countdown. So he's kind of this fringe third guy where maybe he gets a couple votes or whatever. Just like if you're consuming any of the content about this, it's heavy Flacco Mayfield and light on everybody else. That's a big step because if you get to the end of the year with like seven candidates, that means you really have no candidates and they're all going to split votes and no one's going to win. So the fact that we got to two, really like two strong ones, maybe we get to one by the end of the season, which is actually ideal. Really, if you're trying to beat Hamlin, you would rather have one person that the non-Hamlin people will all vote for. Um, But I think that's even an important step. We're kind of down. It feels like we're down to two to a certain extent. So I think that was a really important step too. Now, like, are they going to win? What are voters going to do? We again, we have like no polling on this at all. Um, <clears throat> just that the the best way I can put it is, I'm really optimistic, and I wouldn't say like confident yet, but optimistic that this can get pretty crazy. Because all you want, like if you had a strong anti-Hamlin position, all you want is for the conversation to be going on. You want everybody to be talking about it, even if like some of the responses are, ah, it's still Hamlin. Or like, no, like, I'm not going to change my mind. It's still him. Like, you need those points of view to be attacked, basically, and for them to be scrutinized and for this conversation to happen. And that not only is it happening, it's happening in spades this week. There's a ton of content about this award this week. As a as someone with these positions, I couldn't be happier that that's happening, even if sometimes the response from some voters is going to be, and we would, you could predict this, like some people are going to vote for Hamlin to win this award. Like, clearly. Like Peter King, who definitely votes... Uh, he's going to vote for Hamlin. I'm almost positive. He voted for Nick Gates last year. He He's voting for the story. Like, that's what he's going to vote for. Like, you know you're going to get some. And I think the question we have to figure out here is, is this still something that's worth betting? I think that's like the question that we have to figure out. And I think if you were going to bet into this market right now, let's say you have nothing. And, this, oh, this, this is all getting very interesting. Is Hamlin not going to win? I kind of want to bet this. Uh, I would view Mayfield as the much more attractive candidate of the two at price to make the bet. Uh, first of all, if you if you are going to go by statistical performances, yes, the Bucks are more likely to lose this week, but home Saints is a much more attractive matchup than a game with a total of 34 against the Jets defense, just for Flacco continuing this crazy run that he's on. And think like Baker with a big statistical output's more likely than Flacco also. Some of the people who have been on the record as anti-Hamlin winning the award because he doesn't play very much have basically, uh, Mike Florio would be the most popular one from Pro Football Talk, has been, okay, well, like, I don't want to vote for Hamlin and I'd go with Mayfield. And this was true in midseason and it was true last week. So even though Flacco's getting a lot of run for the award, push comes to shove, I'm not sure he beats Mayfield if they're both really good. And if the prices were the same, this wouldn't be a discussion. But the prices aren't the same anywhere. Mayfield's a much longer price. I don't agree with that at all to Nick's point. So I think Nick, like, 
there, I have a couple other things on how the voting works for this that I think are very interesting, but just to kind of catch our breath here a little bit, I, I think I'm starting to get a little more optimistic, a little more confident that we're sort of headed toward something pretty interesting with this award and that the prices on the two players that we bet, among others, are going to continue to improve. It's just like, do we like one over the other? Is there still room to make bets here? I'm starting to believe the answer to that question is yes. I, I am starting to see some people like kind of like I, I agree with you that I I do think that Baker is the more attractive candidate than Flacco. Baker's yeah. also played All the season. entire season. Yeah. Exactly. And and look like so I think if you had to bet one right now, I think it would be Baker Mayfield. Um, but look like we could do the show tomorrow and Flacco could throw for two hundred. I don't think he's definitely not throwing for Yeah. Like we could come on the show tomorrow, like okay. I mean to be fair, he does it every game. He can't do it tonight. Like he could, it's possible. Um, I mean, I, you know. Okay, so let's say Flacco throws for two fifty two, no picks tonight. Browns win twenty three six, whatever. Right, yeah. whatever. Um, and like Flacco gets the post game interview with the Amazon crew, whatever. Uh what's what's his price tomorrow? Well, there's always so much resistance to moving Hamlin's price. Remember, it got to, like, even money for, like, two weeks, and it got way back out again. It, it's going to go down, probably. And again, like, play this out. We do this sometimes with MVP, like, what defense are you facing? What's the total? Okay, like, you know, Purdy's price was likely to drop for a couple weeks. Okay, like, play this one out. Hamlin's doing nothing. These guys are doing something. Where do you think the price is going? Even if you think he's Hamlin's going to win you must also concede that the market is probably going to get more interesting in the next two weeks because we actually have compelling candidates now. It's We're not looking for them anymore. It's these two, and everyone's kind of in on this. So, like, the market's going to keep moving to the point that literally we could end up having to bet Hamlin at some point just to be like, well, let's just bet him because let's make sure. Um, yeah, I think Flacco's price drops, and then you wait till Sunday and you see what Mayfield does, and the same thing happens uh, depending on the results. So yeah, like maybe maybe in one way Flacco's safer because he's more likely to win. On the other hand, like is it just about winning the games? If they both at the end of the season end up making the playoffs, does it matter that it was this game? These are kind of like the subtleties. I'm not sure they matter, but I, I think what we're saying is like both are attractive candidates. Just maybe the price point should be a little more similar, just to put it kind of simply. What what else do you got here on comeback player of the year? I think the voting for this is going to be absolutely fascinating um and i like the sort of uh, minutia and the like the mechanisms around the voting so i've seen just to like really sort of uh whatever i don't know what the word i'm looking for is shoot down something that's out there on social media a lot that i see because now like a lot of people are talking about this and people are coming into the conversation but maybe not equipped with like how everything works uh there's a lot that like well if hamlin's a finalist how do they not vote for him uh, that's not how finalists are determined for any of the awards. People can vote for whoever they want, and the three people who get the highest point totals are the finalists. So, like, for example, you'll see people that aren't finalists get first-place votes. Josh Allen got a first-place vote for Offensive Player of the Year last year. He wasn't one of the finalists. That's not how this works. The finalists are basically an invented thing to build drama and, like, be, you know, sort of, like, nominees for, for the Academy Awards. Show. Right, exactly. So, like, that's all the finalists are about. Don't think about finalists at all when you bet these. Don't even come close to thinking about them. Not a thing. Don't listen to anybody who says it's a thing. Okay, anyway, we've got that out of the way. The voting... I think ranked choice makes this incredibly interesting. So there is one aspect to the voting that favors Hamlin really strongly, which is that there's only one of him and there's a lot of guys that potentially voters could vote for that didn't want to vote for him. So other, you know, let's say Flacco and Mayfield and Tua all split votes. 
that makes it more likely that that Hamlin wins. So he has that going for him. That one's really obvious. That's not a ranked choice thing. That's just a normal how awards work thing. However, Hamlin is a really what I would call an all or nothing candidate potentially. And I can be wrong about this, but I will be really curious. Let's take, so there are 50 voters. Let's split them in half. No way. 25. No way he's off. Uh, no way he's off ballots. I think he's on oh, every I think, ballot. Oh, I think way, way he's off ballots. Absolutely. I don't know how many, but I think he's going to be off some ballots. Definitely. So let's, let's play this out. 25 people vote for Hamlet. 25 people vote for somebody else. By rule, the people that vote for Hamlet have to vote for someone second and third. The importance of having one or two contenders like behind Hamlin is you need all the Hamlin people to list those guys second and third. You need all of them. So like you need everybody who votes Hamlin to go Hamlin, Flacco, Baker, or Hamlin, Baker, Flacco. Like you need all the Hamlin ballots to come in that way. Because again, Flacco and Baker are probably going to split the firsts on the other side. So the way they make that up is like, let's be honest. If the, and I like, I actually feel, I, I'm surprised you're still resistant to this because like if Hamlin's not going to win, we also have to be open-minded that he won't come in the top three on people's ballots. Because if the idea is I don't want to vote for him because he doesn't play very much, like then it's a question of eligibility, not like candidacy. It's like, I can't vote for him because he's like not, he doesn't play. He's not eligible. And like, you're going to fill out a ballot and go like Flacco, Hamlin, Baker. Like, you're going to make that value judgment? That's a bizarre ballot. Because it's like, well, Hamlin matters enough to come in second? Like, that doesn't make any sense. That makes it. no logical sense to me. The argument is not, does it make sense? It's like, do I think that people would do it? And I think the answer is yes. Okay, so if someone, like, let's say, just like, privately says, I don't want to vote for Hamlin because he never plays. That same person's putting him to? That's a weird reason to put him to. I... My senses, I think that, I and I can ask some people, I think you're right, and maybe this is kind of like a cancel culture-y sort of thing, even in a private ballot. I, I think he's getting listed on every ballot. I think that people would almost be like, I have to put him on the ballot, even if he's not number one. Well, I think the people that are, but I think what you're, what you're talking about are the people that are going to vote him first anyway. Like that block. Because like, like, that's cancel culture. Like, well, I, like, yeah, it's, it's him, the end. Like, those are the people that would be concerned about it. Like, the people that are going to go in a different direction are already going to get crushed. So, um, I, I'm, I'm really skeptical of that because, like, if the whole point is I, don't, I can't vote for a guy who doesn't play, then, like, but you can. You put him second. And so it's almost like, is he eligible for those voters? And again, like, like I said at the start, I don't, I'm curious how this is going to go. This is not like I think it's going to go a certain way. I'm curious how it goes because we know, like, the people who are voting Hamlin are probably voting one of, like, Flacco, Mayfield, Tua. Like, they're voting for those guys second or third. Those ballots are easy to figure out. We also don't know how many of them there are. Because um, another part of this, which we can do at some point, is there's this assumption that there's this big silent majority that's in for Hamlin, and we're all trying to convert them. Like, we're all trying to convert this people. We don't know they exist. We don't even know who they are. But we just assume there are, like, 40 of them. And they're just Hamlin voters, and they need to be won over. What if that's a big assumption and we're wrong and they it, didn't it, really it know, like and they it. didn't exist? It feels like that, right? Why would they be silent also? Why wouldn't they just be like open about it? My it's thing like, is I think they exist. I think there's just like 10 of them. Yeah, I think there's just like five of them or 10 of them. I don't think there's that many of them. That's just that's just my guess, my sense of what it is. 
Like, I don't, I think there's this assumption there's this big silent majority that's just lining up to vote for him and they all must be like peeled off one by one and converted to this other way of thinking for us to have any chance. What if that was all hot air and that majority doesn't exist at all? And like, prove to me it does exist. Like, honestly, like there's even articles written like where it's like panels of Hall of Fame voters and stuff. And it's like, it actually proves that it's way split right now, that there's no consensus at all. Like no consensus. So I'm, I'm really happy with our positions now. I think they're going to continue to age well. I don't know if Hamlin's going to win or not. I have no prediction. Um, I think our positions are going to continue to age well. I think we're in really good. I think we got a good shot. Well, you know what we need tonight? Wacko for Flacco. Yeah, big time. On the other uh, side. Bets, Wansky bets for Stefanski. For yeah. <laughs> On the other side. And uh, something for Garrett. Piles of money for Miles. On the other side. Bets for tonight. NBA, NHL, Jets, and the Browns. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. For Nick and Ken's Hockey Bets. Drop the puck. It's Bets of Steel. All right, Hockey Bets tonight coming up in a moment. First, let's, uh, how many times do you want to drop the puck, Ken? Uh, one, because we have to go in with Jake, drop the puck once, please. Drop the puck. Oh, we had amazing guests on the show today. We appreciate all of them. Adam Chernoff, Joey Kanish, Tim Brando. And Evan Silva, executive producer, Alex Fasano, technical director, Tyler Morales, engineer, Jake Hassan, video producer, Mike Brown. Coming up after us, BetMGM tonight, a four-hour live betting extravaganza. Ken, what are the hockey bets for tonight, good sir? And uh, abbreviated slate, hashtag on the ice. I kind of can't believe Thatcher Demko's not starting. Um, we talked about this at the start before the show started. We thought we were going to get Carter Hart and Thatcher Demko. He'll say, here's Samuel Urson and Casey DeSmith. Um, DeSmith, to be fair, has been like pretty good this year. Like some of his metrics are actually as good as Demko. Uh, I'm kind of with Kanish though. Like just on flyers at this price, kind of feels more like a coin flip kind of a game with the backup goalies involved. And Urson's been really good in a few starts uh, recently. So flyers at a plus price just to tail Kanish. The, the bet I really like is incredibly square. Um, like Yuri Patera starting for the Golden Knights, who got absolutely just trucked last night, and like. Kings beat the Sharks, no problem. And they confirmed Cam Talbot's the starting goaltender. Like, this is an incredible mismatch of goaltending. And the market has responded a little bit, but not a lot. Um, it's moved like 10, 15 cents. Basically, like, the favorite has flipped slightly. Uh, just the way the Golden Knights have played the last three weeks. I, I like the Kings in this game. I've also been wrong about my last, like, 17 hockey bets. So, whatever. Uh, I like the Flyers and the Kings. And, uh, and then we'll do NBA later. I probably like that a little bit more. Well, the good news is, Ken, is that I'm on an NHL heater right now, three and zero last you night. In, the, in my in my yeah. return to the NHL, you're well, back. Coast tonight. Yeah, well, yeah. we'll see. Need um, some rest. I was I was going to bet the San Jose Sharks tonight, and then uh, Magnus Krona is starting, so now I have no interest in that bet. Um, yeah, maybe maybe I'll bet the Flyers. We'll see. Um, my one bet that I'm definitely on at a big price, 
the Canadiens, and like the Hurricanes are awesome. They're awesome at home. I'll take the Canadiens at a big price on the road at the Carolina Hurricanes. As I mentioned earlier in the show, Auntie Ranta is starting tonight. <laughs> Uncle's wife is starting tonight for the Hurricanes. He was literally just in the AHL. He was brutal in the AHL. So the Hurricanes cut his ass. He didn't get claimed by any team, and then had a conversation with the GM and was like, I want to try and work this out instead of signing elsewhere. Went to the minors, was bad in the minors, and then was called up to start this game. Look, Montreal starting Caden Primo, Keith's son. Maybe it is. Like, uh, whatever. Like, plus 220 going up against Antti Ranta? Great. Uh, I'll, I'll play the Canadiens tonight, plus 220, my one hockey bet for tonight. Uh, do we have time to do the full best of the best imaging? We probably do, right? Yeah, we definitely do. Go ahead, Jake. Roll it. Nick and Ken have been in the betting gym doing spreadsheet curls and prop lifts, getting ready for their biggest opponent yet. The NBA. And thanks to their training, they're now ready. A good martial artist does not become tense, but ready. Ready for whatever may come. And when it comes to the sports books, they'll show no mercy with their NBA best of the best on You Better You Bet. All right, Kenny, what do you got for us tonight on the hardwood? Waiting on some injury news, uh, unfortunately. Um, I'll do that one first. Uh, the market has moved really heavily on the idea that Halliburton may not play for the Pacers tonight. Pacers were a small favorite. Now they're like a two and a half, three point dog to the Bulls. Um, just worth noting, I think it's possible the Bulls have been playing really well recently. I think it is possible slash likely they are about to start playing less well. Um, continued run of good play for an inconsistent team, usually a good sign anyway. Kobe White might be dealing with a wrist injury. There's a lot of rumbling about that behind the scenes. And Vooch is going to be out for a little bit. Uh, seems like a good kind of catalyst to start playing poorly again. If Halliburton plays any small number, either team favorite, I like the Pacers tonight as they kind of reconfigured their starting lineup recently. Just like want Halliburton to play probably to make the bet. Um, and we don't know if that's going to happen or not. So if he plays, I like them any kind of small, small favorite, small dog, depending on when you bet it. Uh, this is really square. I like the Lakers tonight. Hayward's out for the Hornets now, maybe for a long time. LaMelo Ball remains out. You get the Lakers several days off off a Christmas Day loss. Home road splits have been great. They've been a good home team all year. It's a big number. Uh, I think, you know, honestly, like might need to be a little bit bigger. 12 and a half at home against the Hornets. And then, again, another injury thing, but just like, I don't know if I like this no matter what. Memphis is a really big number at Denver. Obviously, like we've been playing, you know, sort of bet Memphis to do all kinds of stuff this year. John Morant is questionable with an illness. So the market has moved like a little bit with the idea. He may not play. Obviously he's their best player. It's eight and a half right now. It's also worth noting the nuggets who have no depth don't have Aaron Gordon because he was attacked by a dog. And I'm not even making light of that. It's just like, they don't have him for this reason. And Reggie Jackson may not play tonight. They literally might have like six rotation players tonight. And they're playing like the deepest team in the league. Yeah. It might be without their best player, but you might get a crazy price if he's out. I think I might like Memphis whether Ja plays or not, but you want to wait for that to get baked into the market to play the opposite side of Denver. Um, so, like, kind of like the Grizzlies, I can't give you, like, parameters because I don't know if he's playing. Uh, I like the Pacers if Halliburton plays and provided everyone plays for the Lakers, which seems like the biggest certainty right now, which is saying something because they're questionable. Uh, I like the Lakers against the Hornets. That's just kind of where we're at right now, injury-wise. All right, I'm looking at some, well, Hawk as is 16 and a half tonight. Yeah. They have, like, no players. He should probably score a lot of points. Um, 
Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll play the Hawkes over tonight. Uh, yeah, I'll play Hawkes. Uh, okay, I'm gonna. What's Duncan Robinson's number? What? Who? Duncan Robinson. David. Uh, Duncan, stand, stand by. Duncan is not listed. No, oh, okay. I think he's gonna start. This feels like a game. What? What? Like Curry's gonna chase him around a bunch of screens? No way. <laughs> Hit a bunch of threes. All right. Yeah. All right. I'll bet Hawkes will we'll have a throwback here with Jimmy Butler on. Hawkes over 16 and a half points. I'm going to do it. I'm going to play the Pistons plus 17 and a half. You've got Kane yeah. Holmes on the record. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I kind of think, I think they might win tonight. I would be amazing think, if they did. It'd be great. Yeah. I I think they might win tonight. Um, maybe I'll back it up with like a, like a couple bucks, not even close to a full unit on Pistons money line. Uh, so I'll bet the Pistons plus the points. And then... I, I bet four and a half. It's four now. And maybe when Benyama barely plays in the game. Like, Portland's been favored in this range four or more all season. Has lost every game outright. Has failed to cover one game against the spread when they've been favored in this range. I'll play the Spurs as an underdog tonight against the Blazers. All right, we got breaking news in the National Football League. Jake dropped the dope-ass beat. We'll pay the bills, and we'll get to the Jets and the Browns. All right, our show sponsor is BetMGM. BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM is the place that you want to be betting your NFL games coming up for Week 17. they got the best prices in the futures market, some of the best prices on the first touchdown market all season long. Head to BetMGM.com, download the BetMGM app, and check out the BetMGM YouTube page for my award-winning Board of Spreads video. All right, Ken, we've got news here as it concerns tonight's game. Amari Cooper is inactive tonight. Amari Cooper inactive for the Cleveland Browns with his heel injury. Amari Cooper inactive again tonight for Cleveland. Trevor Simeon starts for the New York Jets. Uh, do you have the screen up, Ken? Where do we stand right now? We had movement here off of this Cooper news. Yeah, I mean, we were kind of, well, you have to remember, we're really close to a key number, though. So, like, even though you get, like, a really impactful injury, I just, I keep refreshing a couple places that'll be first. I think what you'll, I just a guess. I think what you're going to end up getting is, like, a really consensus seven everywhere. Maybe even juice toward the Jets eventually. I don't think this is enough to come off seven in the game. I can be wrong. I just don't think that's the case. Um, but you're definitely going to get like the seven and a half, or they're, they're not going to be around anymore, would be my guess for sure. And the seven just kind of gets shaped seven, one, ten. Uh, it's, it's never easy, right? We need to get Stefanski home. Let's have Amari Cooper be out for the game. Great. Uh, I mean, I need the Browns to win this game in 700 different ways. So that's what I'll be rooting for. Uh, if you wanted action, and I think like a fun way to play the game, like I. I don't know if the Browns offense is going to, whether Cooper was going to play or not. I don't know if they were going to be able to do anything tonight against this Jets defense. They've had a lot of success, but against defenses that were much worse than the Jets. But I know the Jets are almost never going to be able to score the ball in this game. They're almost never going to be able to do anything. Washington's the worst defense in the league. They averaged four and a half yards per play and needed 17 turnovers to score the points that they scored. Uh, Jets point projections in the toilet. It's just, can the Browns score? Yes, no. Uh, tease the Browns in the under. Is a, just a fun way to play the game. Not plus EV, anything like that. You're teasing a total. Uh, Browns one and under 40 and a half seems pretty good. Basically, you just need the Browns to win the game and you need it to not be a shootout or not be like a moderate scoring game. I think those are the two most likely things. All right. I, I'm going to have nothing on this game, side or total. I want the Browns to win also so for Stefanski and for Flacco. I got some props that I really like now with Cooper out. Let's get to it with the Prop King. <laughs> Now approaching the betting window, it is your prop king, Nick Costos. All hail King Costos. All hail King Costos. 
By the way, did you hear on Sunday when um, Ian Eagle did the hanging with Mr. Cooper joke for Amari Cooper, and then I think Charles Davis does the games with Ian, was like, Mark Curry, is he watching the game? And I was like, oh, shout out to Mark Curry. And I was like, this broadcast is like for me. Like, they're doing this yeah. for me right now. I absolutely loved it. Uh, so shout out. Also, Amari Cooper and Mark Curry will both have the same number of plays in tonight's game. Zero. Amari Cooper inactive with his heel injury. So it's like, who does this benefit now? Is there a way that we can kind of like make make some headway in this prop market? And I think the answer big time here is yes. So I have BetMGM up right now. They had an updated Elijah Moore number with Amari Cooper out that was adjusted up a little bit. Now all the Browns have been pulled down again with Amari Cooper inactive. Look, if, if Elijah Moore gets posted, gets reposted at any point in the year, which he will, of course, before, before kickoff, and... The number is a three or a four. It's wrong with Amari. Wrong with Amari Cooper out. If it's 39, if it's 45, it's wrong. Like his first digit needs to be a five tonight with Amari Cooper out. In a revenge game against his former team and Flacco's a former Jet. Oh, Alex is saying 38 and a half. Like ladders. I think Elijah Moore's in the 50s tonight for the, for the, for the Cleveland Browns. Love the Elijah Moore over. Couple quick anytime touchdowns. If the Jets are going to score, I think we can take a shot on Jason Brownlee, their rookie undrafted free agent receiver who scored last week on a pass from Trevor Simeon at a big price. This is like a, a beer or pizza money bet. Like the Jets might not score a touchdown in the game. And how about this? Kareem Hunt, is, he's off the injury report. He's not 100%. Brown's run game has been inefficient. First and goal at the one. Joe Flacco quarterback sneak. Oh, oh. Revenge. Eighteen. A dish to best one. served at a big price. Yeah. Eighteen to one. Joey Flacco. Anytime touchdown. Everybody enjoyed the game tonight. We'll talk to you tomorrow on a phenomenal football Friday. Until then, wishing everyone minimal sweats, winning bets, the absolute very best of luck. Thanks for listening to You Better You Bet. Up next, it's Bet MGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by Bet MGM.